0: There's many political parties, but political parties choose their nominee, not the general public, uh, contrary to popular belief. Then why (laughs) are they holding the primaries? That's a very good question.
1: We the people, huh? Excelsior. Excelsior. Welcome back, my radio family, my partners, my friends. We are together, the Blaze Radio Network. I'm Jay Severin. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. I was lured for just a moment earlier today, and I think it was because the volume of coverage overnight uh, out of Europe on the BBC. World Radio, had less coverage of American politics than it had in, oh, I don't know, several weeks. And somehow through my semi-somnolent stages there, <clears throat> in the middle hours, the wee hours, maybe I, maybe I formed the impression that this would somehow be a slow day. The things that have happened to our country, well, the things that have happened to the political process of our country as you slept last night are profound. Some of them happened while you were still awake, and, and so thus you will know of them. But when I stopped watching cable and etc. Et last night, And then this morning, and saw the stories and the storylines, I found it staggering how much last night's news had evolved, had developed into what we have today. Now, we're going to play this tape again for you a couple times. By now, you may have heard it. I trust you heard it from me first. You may have heard it elsewhere first. There's a very slim chance of that. Because I think we were the second ones to play it nationally, but in any case, it was breaking news yesterday. This audio, it was very rare and breaking 24 hours ago, and now it's not exactly all over the place, which I'm surprised. I, 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 I are you? I mean, I'm surprised it's not leading every conceivable broadcast. But the person you're about to hear uh, again is Curly uh, Hofflin or Hoagland. I'm not sure exactly how it's pronounced. And he is a senior member of the Standing Rules Committee of the Republican National Committee. He is a big wig. He's a big gun. And as evidence of which, he sent a letter to all of the officials of the Republican National Committee, reminding them, That they don't want to embarrass themselves by talking about rules in public because there are no rules. That the rules are designed to expire every four years. The rules are specifically tailored and created to choreograph the Republican convention each quadrennially. So each four years, a set of rules is assembled. Now, in some years, it may be a virtual carbon copy of the one four years earlier. In some years, it may be radically different. But the point is, right now, everybody who quotes the rules, especially all of the people, and I'm sorry for being reiterative if you were with me, any day in, say, the last seven months or so. Anybody who refers to the rules, especially if they refer to the first ballot rule, because that's where all of the people who are paid to talk about this, virtually all of the people, seem to have gone somewhere and gotten the same shot of fairy juice or something. Almost, I've never seen anything like it. It would be like me devoting an hour of each day's show to building muscle cars. I don't need an hour for that. Here's how long I need. Hey, welcome to Jay's Building Muscle, shows, muscle Cars Show. Thank you for tuning in to Jay Severin's Building Muscle Cars Show. Okay, but I guess everyone just assumes, I heard this when I was younger, Someone wise and older in advertising took me aside and said, young man, remember this. Everyone truly believes they know two businesses, their own and advertising. Now, you've probably heard this before, and, and you know it's insert name of your profession here, but truly, truly, is it so that Americans... And without exception, Americans who appear or speak in the media for a living believe heartily that they are absolutely, not only conversant, but absolutely expert in two businesses, their own and politics. Hence, we have all of these authority figures running around talking about things about which they know nothing. And and the obviousness of the know-nothingness is breathtaking because this is not trivia. I'm not saying, I'm not pulling rank here. I'm not talking about trivial things I know because I've been in politics all my life. This is not stuff you need to, be any listener of this show, any partner in this show. No, I sent out a tweet last night. I sat here and I you know I turned on a number of things at five o'clock when we when we finished together. One of them is and I don't know why I still put it on, I guess it's it's out of habit and it I think it sort of is a is is like a a mental tranquilizer in a way. So one of the things I put on is the five on the fox. Now I'm sure they're all very nice people. I I I, I know I I'm acquainted with Juan Williams a little bit. Uh, And Geraldo, uh, much better. But the rest of them, I don't know. I like Greg Gutfeld very much. I don't dislike anybody. But I find breathtaking the ignorance on that panel. And I don't say stupidity, though neither do I rule it out. I'm just saying ignorance. What I tweeted last night was how impressed, and maybe I ought not Frame it at all as a criticism, but rather as a boast, on your behalf and mine, because I tell you, if you turn off this show when it's finished at five o'clock Eastern, and then you turn, and I'm 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 asking you to do this, try it, just just one night, when this show finishes at five Eastern, turn on the Jive, on Fox News at five o'clock Eastern. I'm not talking about how. Uh, my purpose here is not to say, "Boy, are these opinions stupid?" Though again, I'm not ruling it out. My point is to say, ignorant—that is to say, ill-informed. I was—I was struck yesterday by the things that they just simply didn't know had happened, things in the news. And I said to myself, pridefully, I admit, "Wow." Anybody, anybody who was with our show today knows, is aware of, is better informed than all of these people sitting here on national television. And it's true. It's true. There are just big, important things that happened. And I find myself yelling at the television and saying, how could you not know this? You, you're on a national television show. What do you do to prepare? How can you not know this? Uh, You know, and and to wrap up my point, in general, the people who are in all media, who believe themselves expert in politics, now also believe themselves expert in political conventions. And they start talking about this, and one listens with... The problem is a lot of people listen with open ears because they don't know the convention rules. Hell, I don't know convention rules. I mean, I know a lot of them. I've been to them all except the last two since 1976. I mean, I, I so I know more than the average bear, but I don't know everything. I'm eager to learn. But I listen to these people, and they, they, they say they pretend as if the convention starts after the first ballot. There seems to be this quasi-religious, universal impression, a belief that all delegates are bound on the first ballot to whomever won them, quote-unquote, in the primaries or cauckeye. And not only is that not true, now it could be true by convention time, though, though. It ain't going to happen, but it could theoretically become a rule. But they don't even know that, again, the rules governing the July Republican Convention have yet to be made or ratified. And we'll close out this segment. My point is what they seem not to know is is that the guy making the rules, or one of the senior guys making the rules, and and, uh, and and Skip, the curly tape, please, they are saying this.
0: There's many political parties, but political parties choose their nominee, not the general public, uh, contrary to popular belief. Then why <laughs> they holding the primaries? That's a very good question. We'll be right back. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. this is the jay Severin show on the blaze radio network
1: and what jay pledges to you on his word to do every day is to prepare and deliver to the best of my ability news that will catch you up as well as anyone there is, on what's going on, and far better than a lot of people because they don't know, can't know what's going on. Don't forget, people who are not our partners are listening to media, even like Fox, and I watch Fox, I like Fox, but I still cannot believe the amount of stuff that they don't know. I mean, I watch through the evening, I watch Fox, among other things. I watch Blaze TV. I watch Fox. I've got stuff on the computer. I'm a laboratory rat here, okay? But when I watch Fox, even their prime time shows, they discuss particular things, and I'm waiting for them to say, but then, of course, last night or today, Senator Cruz said this, or Trump did this stupid thing, or, and I'm waiting, I'm I'm, I'm waiting, because, you know, I know about it. And we know about it. And we talked about it at 3.30. So we talked about it five hours ago. And so I'm waiting. What do they do to prepare for their shows? Read comic books? I, I... And by the way, that's kind of a good line. Because comic book, this campaign, what's really happening? Television will give you the comic book version of what's really happening. They're still talking about... How many delegates? And I'm not saying that's not important to know. It is important to know. It is significant. But it ain't your lead story because I can promise you, and this is one of the few things that humans can say they know, I happen to know by virtue of the off-camera conversations I have with people with whom I used to work, and who are still in that business at at the top of the pyramid, that the Republicans, the professional Republicans, have long ago ceased talking about delegates, at least in terms of who has how many. They're only talking about delegates in terms of, they've moved way ahead of all of that. The professional Republicans are discussing not whether there will be a brokered convention, that is a fait accompli in their minds. Unless lightning somehow strikes in a fashion such that both Trump and then Cruz are eliminated, and believe me with all your heart, believe me, that if if Donald Trump were the victim of... If he if he if he choked on his foie gras tonight, uh, d- d- not that that should happen, but if if he choked on his caviar tonight, all of the anti-Trump machinery would be moved over to be anti-Cruz. The Republican establishmentarians hate Cruz. Well, I'm going to say more. I don't have any proof yet, and may never. But certainly you understand why that is plausible. But if fate ever proffers us an opportunity to test this theorem, then you will see that the establishmentarians hate Cruz more than Trump. Because it's like Jimmy Carter said uh, in speaking to the House of Lords in London. You know, I would prefer Trump. Cruz because Trump has no real ideas. Trump has no real beliefs. Trump has nothing he actually believes in that's not uh, malleable. There's nothing that Trump has ever believed in or believes in now. There's absolutely zero evidence that Trump believes in uh, anything other than himself. It's a total cult of personality, and he could be dealt with his mind could be changed. You could make deals with him. You could horse trade with him. Now, I'm I'm expanding on what Carter said, but that was the, the point. And Carter said, but not Cruz. Cruz is dangerous because he actually believes in things. And savor for a moment the bitter irony of a former president of the United States characterizing a man who has achieved brilliance and accomplishment in the singular pursuit of defending the Constitution of the United States of America. His entire life, at the knowing cost of alienating all the establishmentarians. He knows other senators hate him because he won't play ball. Two minutes. That's why they hate him. They hate Ted because he won't play ball. Because the only ball game Ted Cruz is in is defending the Constitution of the United States and you and me and our rights therein and thereunder. He has devoted his life to it. That's why Jimmy Carter et al. fear Cruz. And how sick is it that that anyone calling him or herself a patriot and how sick is it that a former president of the United States would say Ted Cruz is to be feared because he believes consistently and unshakably and assertively in the Constitution of the United States. Well, I don't know if we'll ever get to see that demonstration. But I guess returning to my initial point is the curly tape. We're not going to play it again quite yet. But here's a guy saying pu we're not going to let the voters pick the kid. We, we go along with the Kabuki Theater. We'll go along with the kabuki dance that the people favor, uh, pick, pick the candidate. And the reason they can is because the Republican Party for 50, 75 years has decided in advance. Bob Dole. Okay, remember Bob Dole? And we can go on with a list of people. This time it was assuredly going to be Heb, Heb, Heb Boosh. See, they pick the possible one or two people it could be. And then they allow us to pick the candidate, quote unquote, out of the two possibilities they put before us. Not this year, apparently.
2: Jay Severin, The Blaze Radio Network.
0: On the Blaze Radio Network. There's many political parties, but political parties choose their nominee, not the general public, uh, contrary to popular belief. Then why <laughs> Again, about they holding the primaries? That's a very good question.
1: The question we try to answer on the Blaze Radio Network, one hundred three three nine three. Thank you, Skip. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. Okay. Uh, Lots of news. I tweeted a moment ago. Oh, tweet is at J-A-Y underscore Severin. Uh, Another way to hear from you. And I read them all. I answer a lot. And I'm on it, as you know, all the time. I'm not on the microphone, uh, except when I'm preparing in the mornings. Okay. Uh, Lots of news. Lots of important news. Riots. The Trump riots, quote unquote, they haven't happened yet but already their mythology among the mainstream media. The Trump riots are all the headlines. Oh, does Europe love this? Did I get an earful over the BBC in the last 24 hours? The BBC loves the story of Yank presidential candidate threatens riots if he's not picked. That, of course, is not true. He did insinuate riots. And and if I'm splitting hairs for Trump, let me use it as an opportunity, if I may, to repeat I don't want Donald Trump as president. It, It is not personal. He, I don't know if he believes in anything, but such indications as I have as to what he likely believes frighten me. And I will admit, since I don't really know what he's going to do, he could turn out to be America's first populist But see, I don't think he is a populist. I think he is a nationalist on the verge of fascism. But that's just one person's opinion. That's just one person who spent his life in politics opinion. I think he is a nationalist, not a populist. And I think he is a nationalist swerving swiftly toward fascism. All of the markings are there. The cult of personality, the narcissism, the use of the pronoun I, 92% of every utterance, the absence of rationale for a candidacy. I want to make America great again. That's a slogan. That's not a rationale. The way to test it is to read my Twitter messages in about three minutes, I'm going to get 700 tweets that call me an F bomb this and an F bomb that, and I should shoot myself, and I should die, and they're going to come kill me. All of them very strong arguments, you know, for uh, in favor of their candidate. The other night, I must have got, I think I got 1,200 tweets and uh, that that were of that nature not one not one trump supporter made an argument not one everyone was you suck you're you're a moron did i mention you suck you should die meanwhile you know would it kill you to give an argument i mean would it would it kill you to argue Would it it kill you if you're for somebody to just for a moment actually conjure an argument and say, I'm for Donald Trump because of this? Now, I'm sure I'm about to get one that says, I'm for Donald Trump because you suck. And then I'll get a different one, though. I'll get a different one. I admit, I'll get one. I'm for Donald Trump because you suck moose. But then i'll get it'll get better and i'll get one that will say i'm for donald trump because you suck dead moose and you should die you see what i mean but i just wanted to use the opportunity to say one needs as the vast vast majority of this audience has superior judgment uh, and iq in order to discern between making a point when i say this is unfair to Trump because there are things being done to him that are unfair. And when I see them, I say so. That is a distinction. There's a, there's, a, there's a profound distinction between recognizing and being honest and saying that's not fair to Trump, just like I would say it if it were unfair to any candidate, that that's unfair. That's anti-democratic. That's not fair that that is distinct from my belief that he is uh, to coin a phrase a short-fingered vulgarian okay i okay so the trump riots are already a, a thing like they've already happened and they're guaranteed to occur and they're playing from bbc to abc to dvd to STD uh, around the world. Now, okay, Guru Jay, holy cow pie. Uh, Yes, again, it's happening. Guru Jay is right. In this case, Senator Linda Graham has announced support for Ted Cruz. What? You say. What? Senator Linda Graham has announced support for Ted Cruz. He held the most predictable possible. Well, he made the most predictable possible statement at his press conference, which was made for him by us. About 10 days ago, when we said, you know, the last thing that Ted needs right now is for a a proto-liberal, one of these rhinos, to come out and endorse him to make him look like he's one of them. Uh, In my view, I could be wrong. And Ted may be forced to go on television and say, oh, gee, I, I welcome the support of Senator Graham. But that's not what he wants. He wants that in September, when, if he's the nominee, he's trying to draw from all political Sides, all political quarters. When you're running in a Republican primary, what you don't need is a guy that couldn't get above 1% in his own state in the Republican primary to put his arms around you. There are other reasons that Ted does not want Senator Graham to put his arms around him, but that's for a different show. I'm thinking that Ted Cruz is thinking, ah, here it comes. Thanks, but no thanks, Linda. And his statement, Graham's statement, was not nearly ludicrous. It was sickening to those of us who want truth and those of us who support Ted Cruz. Because here was Linda Graham's statement, which you will, you if you haven't seen or heard already, you, you will. The, the national news will catch up with this within a few hours or a day or so. And... Linda Graham said, "I'd like to announce—I'm I'm, paraphrasing—I'd like to announce today that, gee, I really like John Kasich. You think I'm kidding? I really like John Kasich, and I—I I, yeah, I think he'd make a fine president. And uh, gee, I really like John Kasich. Did I mention John Kasich? John Kasich is the guy I really like. But I." I just don't see a path for him right now. Now this is a bold this is a bold statement by Linda Graham that he does not see a path for uh did he mention John Kasich? It's bold because the percentage of available delegates that did I mention John Kasich would have to win between now and the Republican convention to win the nomination is 102 (laughs) percent 100 that's a real number he'd have to win more delegates than exist 102 percent from here on in he has to win every delegate in every state and he has to conjure another two percent of delegates from thin air to add to it And he has to win them too so the bold, hence the bold statement by Linda Graham, I just don't see a path. No, no, Senator Graham, not, not on earth anyway, but we understand you're conversant with other universes, shall we say. So he said, did Graham, I really like Kasich. I love K. I really like Kasich, but I don't see a path for him. And so... And so, since I can't have, you know, John Kasich, did I mention? Since I can't have John Kasich, I guess I'll, I'll be for uh, for Cruz. And so, I'm going to raise money for Ted Cruz. I, I just wish it could be for John Kasich, but it, I just don't see it. So, yeah, I'm going to raise money for Ted Cruz. And, of course, I hope most, though I hope in vain, uh, there aren't that many smart people. But a lot of people and all of us are going to see this for what it is. It's fraud. It's, it's a stab in the front.
2: This is Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: With you, my partners, 1-888-900-3393. Partner Nathaniel from the Golden State, once it was anyway, of California. Nathaniel, welcome. Hey Hey, Jay, how's it going? Well, thank you, sir. Glad to hear it. Hey, I had a quick question for you.
0: I am wondering if you think that Donald Trump um, would have done as well as you're doing if he would have initially run as a third-party candidate or as an independent. It's
1: a, it's a very good question. Uh, probably. Uh, I, I think that what Trump offers, and again, whatever that is, but clearly to the people who support him, they, they like him, and I think I will still presume, even as a critic, I'm going to presume to say I think I know what that is. I think the essence of what appeals to Trump supporters is a strong sense of chauvinism, which, which I happen to harbor, you know, America first, USA, USA, and also uh, the, the sort of populist slash nationalist protectionist Again, we're all a sub subsection of, of chauvinism. You it's all a subsection of USA USA, which is very deceptive because I'm for that too, at least for you know, parts of it. But emotionally I'm very much for it. And then anytime anybody stands up and says chats USA USA and then slips in through the tent, you know, maybe protectionist trade policies that will actually be bad for us. And I don't know enough about this. To know. I mean, all the experts say, and I know that may damn the statement right there, but all the experts say that the trade policies have cost less skilled laborers many tens of thousands of jobs. But they have, for every job that was lost, a job and a half was created for better skilled workers because of increased trade, it lowered prices to Americans on goods, you know, on the refrigerator, the new fridge or the dishwasher you have to buy. I don't understand, I'm, but I'm a moron. I don't understand enough about that stuff to, you know, to, to to take a stance on it. But I think that he's the great avenger. And so I admit there's a part of me that when I'm not kind of focusing on politics and I'm just sitting here with a drink in my hand watching television and he says – You know, those effing Chinese, uh, you know, those effing Mexicans. We're going to build a wall. There is a part of me that starts chanting USA. Now, look at who's supporting Donald Trump. He's and this is the thing that the media doesn't understand yet, that Donald Trump's claims that he could activate win that the Republicans have not been able to touch for a, a generation. California, New York. And then the purple states, Wisconsin, New Mexico, Colorado. He claims he can win those if he can. And when you look at where demographically he has reactivated the Reagan Democrats, a third of of Donald Trump's support comes from people who are demographically, sociologically Democrats, working class people. So back to your question, would those people have been equally attracted by this same message if Donald Trump had come out on day one and said, everything's so rotten I can't possibly run as a Republican or a Democrat because we have to flush the system out. I'm running as third party. Would he have had the same amount of appeal? As I said, Nathaniel, very good question. I suspect the answer is yes and we may get to find it out.
2: The Jay Severin Show. Only On the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Just so you know how fast we're moving, the Republican leadership is no longer discussing whether maybe there could be possibly a brokered convention. They are openly admitting it, they are openly admitting that they are doing everything they can to make it happen. So are the other campaigns, even though they know that you will reach the recognition. Well, you know this, but others will reach the recognition that that means formally none of the voters count. Only the party makes these decisions. Understand? Well, they don't care. any. They're so panicked, they don't care anymore even if you lift up their skirt and reveal the great secret. As Tone Loke said, Sheila was a man. Maybe it wasn't Sheila. Excelsior! Welcome back, my dear friends, my radio family, my partners. We are together, the Blaze Radio Network. 1-888-900-3393. I am Jay Severin. 1-888-900-3393. And thank you for the job. Thank you for being here. I work hard. I mean, as hard as I'm... It's not like I'm digging ditches, you know? So, like when a judge comes home at night and takes off the black robe and has like bikini briefs on, you know, and a t-shirt, I mean, at least, you know, he got to go to work in bikini briefs and a t-shirt and and have a robe over it. Cause you never know what those judges have on underneath that robe, but <clears throat> maybe he worked an 18 hour day. So, you know, would you say he worked hard? I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Is it possible for a white collar person to work hard? I think so. But I wouldn't trade this for people who work with their hands. I mean, I would like to know how to work with my hands. I could produce for a deposition uh, an impressive uh, list of hundreds of of girls who would tell you I am great with my hands. But that would be, honey, from a long time ago, honey. Uh, But that's not what I mean. I mean, I I would rather do this. 20 hours a day, than actually have to lift, pull, carry, push, or drag something, or dig, or or excavate something. So I thank you for that. Well, here's what, speaking of holes, (coughs) here's the hole that the Republicans and Democrats are digging at the moment. And as I wrote back a moment ago to, gee, I hope I can find it. I wrote back to, forgive me, I can't find it, but I will. I'll come across it and I'll tell you. you know, it, it, it was, it's a girl and she's asking me, well, what's the delegate deal? Who, who, who's a delegate? Who is a delegate anyway? Delegates are people. Most delegates, of course, are not delegates to the National Convention. Most delegates are delegates to their county convention, and 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 are thrilled with it. They love, it's their lives. They love it. God bless them. They work hard, or their husbands or wives give money, or they have money. That's how you become a county delegate. And if you work tirelessly as a county delegate for many years, you'll get you'll get the thrill of your life. You will be named as a delegate to the state convention. Big time. That's the big time. And then 1% of those, after toiling in the vineyards, giving obscene amounts of money that they can't afford in many cases, giving blood out of their veins, working weekends, knocking on doors, making phone calls, doing the shite work for 25 years and paying for it. 1% who give the most money or whose spouses give the most money, or who can somehow get them something. That's why the Baldwin bro- one of the Baldwin brothers is always a delegate at the National Convention from California. They didn't give a dime. They didn't make a phone call. But they're famous, you see, so they help attract money. So who gets to be a delegate? The same people who get to date the head cheerleader. Life is is not that dissimilar as you move from profession to profession. Who gets to be a delegate? You know who. Who gets to be the boss? You know who. Okay, well, it's the same here, only they're not bosses. They just get to come to the party. So the question is, who gets invited to the party? Same thing as high school, only now that more money exchanges, more money and fewer drugs exchange hands. Okay, so once you're a delegate, you are instructed by your county chairman, by your state chairman, by your national chairman, depending on which delegate you are. They have a meeting the night before a dinner, and they say, uh, by the way, our delegation tomorrow will do the following: We are going to abstain. And pass on the first ballot as are several other states because the national chairman has choreographed how the first ballot is going to work out and we're one of the delegations being asked ie ordered to pass we're going to pass when it's our turn and there'll be a few grumbles and he'll say he'll bang the gavel and say kindly shut your pie holes uh, you're lucky to be here this is what we're doing we are passing on the first uh vote and uh and then maybe on the second ballot maybe then we'll vote and then i'll tell you for whom you're voting and that's what they do and if any delegate and i and and, and i'm not when i tell you i know this if i told you i know what time one of my kids is coming home tonight i i think i know but that i don't really know it's just like what what time she told me she'd be home i don't know it i do know when the tides will change i mean i mean i'm assuming there'll be a world still then and so the tides will change at 8:14 you know in gloucester harbor but i uh, i can tell you i know this like i know the tide changes I've done this. I've been there. I've done this, uh, and I, they'll be told for whom to vote, and that's that. And 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 here's the thing that you need to know: if one or two or five or ten delegates gets uppity, and and objects, the state chairman is totally prepared for this. You know why? Because someday you will see, or you already know. Someone who owns a plastic credential that goes around their neck and one says delegate. That's the one you know you want, you work your whole life for. Delegate it has your state on it. It's a big plastic thing like you work for ESPN and you're at the Super Bowl. Okay? Delegate. State of Kansas. Then at the convention. There are a virtually equal number of alternate delegates. Their plastic ID shields say ALT, Alt ALT-delegate. Well, this, of course, makes them very much second-class citizens, though they're glad to be there. Don't get me wrong. God bless them. They're happy to be there. I'm happy they're there. God bless America. I like our system. I like democracy. So the alternate delegates are there. But you know what the alternate delegates are? The alternate delegates are the kamikaze pilots. The alternate delegates are there because if you've got five people who complain when your state chairman says, we're going to sit out the first ballot, and then on the second ballot, we're going to vote for Kasich. And somebody who has broken their ass working for Ted Cruz... For three years, someone who has broken their ass working for Donald Trump this year is going to stand up and say, what? I'm not voting for him. I didn't come here. I, I, I was I am pledged. I am pledged to Ted Cruz. And the state chairman is going to say, shut up and sit down, Gladys. You are pledged to what I tell you you're pledged to. He may say it, you know, a little less nicely than that, but he's going to say, Gladys, I'm going to yank your ass out of that chair and put an uh, already there'll be an alternate delegate standing next to Gladys in the runway there, you know, in the, on the convention floor, right over her shoulder. He'll say, Gladys, look over your right shoulder. Oh, hi, Dorothy. Hi, Gladys. See, Dorothy wants to be a delegate. But, Gladys, you're a delegate. Unless, of course, you don't shut up, sit down, and tell me that you're just fine with the fact that you're going to be quiet on the first ballot, and then you're going to vote for Kasich on the second ballot. You are going to do that, right, Gladys? Otherwise, in about 10 seconds, you're no longer going to be a delegate from Kansas. Dorothy is going to be a delegate from Kansas. Dorothy, Kansas. See what I did there.
2: The Jay Severin Show only on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Jay. Severin on the
1: Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, partners. Uh, SDVDSN04. I know it's like a, that that thing I make about DVD, STD, LGBTV, but I don't. I all I have in front is your handle here, and it's SDVDDSN04. Uh, good question. What about state law? What about state law? Good question. Answer is. No, I mean, I mean, so highly unlikely that the answer is no. Here's why. And what about state law? Meaning if if you believe you were if you were uh, if you were one, quote unquote, by Cruz and you went to the state convention and believing yourself by all available indices to be committed to Cruz. And then you got to the to the convention and your state boss said, uh, this comes from the top. We're sitting out the first vote and we're casting our second ballot vote for Kasich. Uh, the question here is, what about state law? The answer is state law, not applicable. There are two answers, actually, that pretty much scotch this. One is state law, not applicable. Why? RNC is a private, think of it as I said yesterday, as a golf club. RNC is a private organization. It's a private club. It makes its own rules, period. Now, even if, even if someone could get a good lawyer to draw a nifty complaint, uh, You know how long that would take? And you know how long it would take to adjudicate? Okay. Even if you could find an even niftier prosecutor. See, and now you're talking about someone who's a politician by definition back in their own state. So you have to find a prosecutor that's willing to go against the county Republican chairman, the state Republican chairman, the national Republican chairman. This guy runs for office, the district attorney. He's never going to run again in America if he goes against all those people in his state, is he? You think he's going to get the nomination of his party to run again? Let's put all of that aside and say you've got a noble-minded kamikaze prosecutor who wants to make this a criminal matter. And Gladys, who is from Kansas, says, I want to prosecute. There's there's a state law here that can be deciphered in a fashion such that says they can't make me not vote for Cruz, you know, on the first ballot. Second reason, what are you going to do? Send Kansas, how are you going to enforce it? You're going to send Kansas state troopers into Ohio to enforce it? So the answer is, Private club, private rules, forget it. Even if you don't forget it, you try the civil remedy, it probably doesn't exist. And if it does, we would be talking about the 2024 convention before it ever got adjudicated. I don't think you're going to get a judge in your state to issue a TRO, a temporary restraining order, and stop the Republican National Convention and if he did it wouldn't matter because the state judge's ruling would not be recognized the Kansas state judge would not be recognized in Ohio could you go to a federal judge for a TRO we're really getting deep in the weeds now i mean i i i don't I, I, I don't know you know but you're not going to send Kansas troopers into Ohio to enforce it is the bottom line the bottom line is y- y- you're going to do what what you're told to do, and if you get a couple of hard cases that won't good for them, but it's not going to change anything all right I'm for Ted Cruz. I know not everybody is. I realize that, and i and I appreciate your indulgence. I know that you're listening even though you're for somebody else, and I appreciate that, and I think I've done a pretty good job of. First of all, letting you know how I feel. But secondly, not let it taint the analysis of the show. That I'm for Ted Cruz has never colored. I have a lot of people saying to me, what what are you, for Trump? Because I'm often pointing out things that are being done to Trump I think are unfair. That's completely different than who I'm for or not for. But I appreciate your sufferance, your indulgence in in letting me be for somebody and, and still do my job. I realize not everyone agrees. I also believe that if more people, I honestly, like you do, as you do, I believe that if more people knew my guy and knew more about him, they would be for him. And that's what a normal campaign, if that's not a contradiction in terms, that's what a normal campaign, so to speak, is supposed to be for. But please hear me on this. And am I being partisan? Yes. But this is my editorial for a moment. I don't give you many editorials. I mean, in favor of any candidate. But here's one. Two minutes. If Ted Cruz is left in the rearview mirror, if Ted Cruz is discarded on the side of the road, if this system, if American people decide in their wisdom, to reject Ted Cruz and to throw him out of the window like a piece of litter and he's left on the side of the road in this campaign. I just want to say whatever happens, I don't think is going to end well. I know a Hillary Clinton presidency is not going to end well. A Trump presidency, I firmly believe, is going to end in tears. And before you throw Ted Cruz away, bear in mind that we'll never see, probably never see another one like him in our lifetimes. It's extremely unlikely we will see another man in our lifetimes that has devoted his life singularly other than you know, to his family and then to the Constitution of the United States and to going to the Senate and refusing to make deals refusing to play ball because he's for the Constitution he's for cutting taxes he's for spending less money and he wouldn't sign on to bridges and tunnels and museums in other states because he wouldn't scratch back back scratch he wouldn't play ball that's why the Senators hate him He devoted his life to it, and now he's trying to check it in to serve us. If we throw him away, we'll never see him again.
2: Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. The Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio
1: Network. Welcome back, partners. Someone again has said, you know, I, I, I've heard that it's a matter of state law, that you're bound. Uh, in bollocks. And in any case, unenforceable. The hard reality that has always been and is now is that there are no rules. What's the rule at the best golf club or tennis club where you live? Well, I don't know because I could never get in to the best ones where I live. Well, I don't I don't know. I'll never know what the rules are. But if I got in, the rules are shut up, you know, and follow the rules. And so that's what it's like for both parties. You know where do you think super delegates come from? The Democrat Hillary Clinton had this race won the day she started. Right now Bernie Sanders is within a couple hundred delegates of her that they've competed for out in primaries. And he's still telling you, well, I can win here here and here and I can upset her here and he might. But what that doesn't count is the what is it? Fourteen hundred? I eight hundred super delegates that are delegates only. Super. These are people who are superstars within the party. Governors, senators, people who have raised twenty million dollars for the party. These people are automatically, secretly awarded super delegate status because there is no question they will follow without question whatever the DNC chairman tells them to do. And the superdelegates were created so that if some upstart, like Bernie Sanders, does well in a, an election with, with real people voting, don't worry. The chairman always has in his or her vest pocket several hundred superdelegates that he can apply like that to the total of Hillary Clinton putting her over. This is why, again, the primetime television shows that supposed to tell you in one hour what the practice of medicine is like at 3 o'clock in the morning in an emergency room in a big city when the stab and gunshot wounds and overdoses start to pour in, Here, we're going to tie it all up in a bow with several dramas within dramas, but it's all going to have a happy ending in 60 minutes, actually uh, with 22 minutes of commercials. That has as much to do with medicine as the 60-minute presentation to you of these legal shows where police work, detective work, lawyers work, is all packaged neatly into a thing that's 60 minutes long minus 22 minutes of commercials. They really don't relate to each other. They're more a kind of a theme, okay? What we are seeing, what you are being presented on television right now as representing this campaign is like one of those shows about Madison or Law this the the actual stuff happening right now for this convention as i say the republicans are so far ahead of us the leadership the establishmentarians they are so far ahead of us because they pull the levers they control the rules they're going to wait there's no rush they're in no rush to make the rules why would that benefit them they want to keep this dubious for as long as possible so that ted cruz and Donald Trump, for that matter, can't figure out a way around it. And if necessary, the rules will be changed at breakfast the morning, the first morning of the convention. And if somebody does something clever that renders them uh, ineffective, then they will bang the gavel, they'll have a 10-minute recess, they'll meet backstage, and they'll change the rule again. You, you, you... This is like if you belong to the best golf club in your county and you insist on golfing in your underwear. And you're going to go up against the rules committee of your golf club and say, I'm a member. I pay my dues. I'm a member in good standing. I wish to golf in my underwear and you get an email in 10 minutes saying the rules committee has met and you say wait a second how is that possible and they say shut up the rules committee has met and you're now a member in bad standing and you're on probation and if you're seen in your underwear even in your own home you'll be ejected from this club forever that's 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 how open this is so please of all the adjectives to apply to the Republican convention. Please don't ever use open. Contested. That's a good generic one. Brokered. That's a pretty good descriptive one. Open. <laughs> okay. The uh, Here's a dubious kind of victory for us. Two weeks ago. Two to three weeks ago. No one. No one. In national media, was talking about a contested election uh, convention. Then we here on the Blaze Radio Network on this show announced Project Twelve Thirty Six and exposed in a brilliant hour of radio how, why, wherefore the everything about why the delegates would be manipulated and the convention would be manipulated to stop Trump and, if necessary, Cruz. I'm not saying that they stole it. I'd be flattered if they did. I'm just saying that we, I'm not saying that these things don't occur to other people. They just occurred to other people later than they do to us. Now, this is the only thing. Turn on the news tonight. This is the only thing they're reporting. And a, a small and queer kind of dubious victory that, we, that Guru Jay and we were able to celebrate this afternoon is that for the first time, when Fox reported on the delegate count, they put up a full screen of the country with the states and then the delegates with their numbers, Republican delegates, and they had a great big box up in the right-hand corner. And the box said, I forget the exact words, but I could tell you the exact meaning. The box said, uh, Warning delegates not formally bound. No fooling. Yeah. Project 1236C Blaze Radio Network weeks ago. Delegates not formally bound. Indeed. No, they're not formally bound. They're going to be manipulated and played like a cheap harmonica by the uh, Rhino leadership. This includes if someone gets 1237 and gets there. They're still going to take it away. Now, they might not because you hear a lot of arguments. And, and, and predictably, you hear them from the rhinos themselves who are trying to tamp down this, this, this inchoate forest fire. They're trying to tamp down the notion. So people are starting to get pissed off. Pardon my French. People are, though. You know it. You might be people as they realize that that the things I'm saying aren't nutty, that 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 this project 1236 thing has always been and is very real. And that, that that they are going to use the convention to orchestrate the outcome they want or at least prevent the outcome that they abhor, which would be Trump or Cruz. In any case, they don't care about votes or primaries or cockey or you. This is their country club. This is a self-perpetuating permanent job farm for a few hundred insiders. And by God, they're not going to do anything to endanger that. They're going to lay down their lives for it, at least virtually. So today, when Fox finally put up that graphic, you know, warning, caveat, no delegates actually bound. Yeah, you got it. No delegates actually bound. And that includes the first ballot now. But again, there's this big argument. Well, wait, they can't. They won't do that. If, if, if Trump or Cruz arrive with twelve hundred thirty or eleven hundred thirty delegates. How are they going to take it away and give it to Jeb Bush? Or Paul Ryan. And that's the hot talk right now. That it's going to be a Paul Ryan, John Kasich ticket. Remember where you heard it first. I don't say that a lot because you'd get sick of me saying it every day. Remember where you heard it first. Ryan Kasich ticket. Produced by, if you're looking for parentage, look at the Republican National Committee establishmentarians. Okay, so that's the big talk in any case. The counter-argument, which you might make, I might make, I might believe, is that in the end, these villains might lose. In the end, and I don't know, and and maybe we lose too, because what's winning? See, this is where you get cross-currents of right and wrong. See, a brokered convention that is a contra-convention... A brokered convention of a major political party of America that is designed, choreographed to stop the will of the voters is very undemocratic. It's it's awful. It's vile. It's un-American. And it, it, it may well happen. So a lot of us react to this and say, we don't want that to happen. That's not American. But you know who we may be defending in making that defense? Donald Trump. So is that better? Like, why am I, what do I get if I win this fight? What do I get? What do we get if we finally beat down the rhino establishmentarians? If they say, well, we give up. We've got this guy that's got 1,157 votes. And if we try to take it away from him and the voters and give it to somebody else, on the third ballot, the fourth ballot, give it to Paul Ryan or John Kasich, then our party will no longer exist. The delegates will walk out. They'll burn the place down. They won't. There'll be chaos. You know that could happen. So what am I supposed to be rooting for here? Democracy? Yeah. Trump? No.
2: J Severin. The Blaze Radio Network Jay Severin
0: on the Blaze Radio Network
1: with the best and brightest on the blaze radio network i apologize to our callers i did not get the time today there is too much news um i mean as much time as i would have liked i apologize we will try to make much more much more time tomorrow for calls i promise you i promise you we will even though there's going to be thrice the news tomorrow that there was i have a feeling today uh Believe me, when you watch other media tonight, the plans that dominate that the the discussions that predominate are the ones for a brokered convention. If you follow this stuff and you do better than anyone else, you can take pride in the fact that you're part of a cabal that came up with this first. We talked about a brokered convention before anybody we explained it before anybody. And then, presto changeo. A week later, it started to become the currency of news. Now, it's the only coin of the realm. Now, nobody's talking about hiding it or saying, oh, don't be ridiculous. Brokered convention, don't be silly. The only thing anybody is talking about on television and mostly on radio is, what kind of brokered convention? And working next, they'll be working out the adjectives, which we've already done. Is it a contested convention? Is it an open convention? Is it a brokered convention? Is it a fixed convention? Yeah, fixed is what they're hoping it will be. But you know what? Might they have to give in? There is always that possibility. There is always that possibility. This is why you have to do something you would ordinarily, not you, but the candidates and their people have to do something they might ordinarily not enjoy doing. And that is, they have to play this dirty game. You know, they have to keep the heat on. They have to go and threaten. means Ted Cruz is going to have to send his people into rooms to say to these people, you sons of bitches, if you try to steal this from us, if you try to ignore the fact that people all over America, you know, gave me 1130 votes and you try to put Paul Ryan or heb or somebody else in here, we're going to walk out. We're going to run third party when Ted Cruz doesn't want to do that. Trump probably would live for it. He would probably love it. But... The thing is, if those threats are there and they are made with what the establishmentarians regard as earnestness, they're going to have to take this into account. This will be part of their calculus. They're going to say, oh, my goodness, now what are we going to do? We face, you know, a nuclear choice here one way or the other. So we must keep the heat up by following it together.
2: J. Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.